0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Lori, and we have a special podcast for you today. This talk was originally recorded in February, just a few short weeks after Bob died. In it, Charlene will walk you through the question, what is love? In the month where you're probably being inundated with the thought of love, she examines what the Bible says about a love that only God can equip you with. I hope you enjoy this teaching.
1: If you have a pen and if you have paper, you can write an acronym, which is going up and down and write L-O-V-E. And I'm going to fill in the blanks with L for you can guess what L might represent. Do you have a hint? Love. Okay, you good Lord is that's good too, but uh, it's gonna be love for this is February. And we want you to know that God loves you. He loves you so much that He created you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He knows all your inward thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows your desires, and he even knows your fears and your anxieties, your worries, your concerns, your lack of faith, your faith. He knows how much you're reading the Bible. He knows how much you're praying. He knows what you're doing at home behind the closed doors. God knows everything. And what we have got to come to the point is, is that we finally get on our knees and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And we have got to understand that nothing, nothing is too hard for the Lord. And so we've got to be willing to do that. So what we're going to do is I have to do it, even though some people say, oh, you do it every year. Yeah, I do. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, because... I think we have to learn what the Lord says is, what is love? What is love? Let me read what love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm not going to do what everybody does, and what I normally do. I'm not going to start in verse 4. I'm going to start in verse 1, because you need to get verse 1 through 3 to get verse 4, because verse 1 through 3 is very, very important. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, that's a very, very strong words about, you know, oh, i got faith, oh, I can, you know, I give to the poor, you know. Well, guess what? If you don't have love like the Lord wants us to have love, what does he say? I gain nothing. I am nothing. He says, you know, we've got to understand I am nothing without love. Love is patient. Now, this is the description of what love is. So do a self-examination. How are you doing on love? Well, you don't understand, Charlene. My husband or my wife is not speaking to me, not seeing me. And, and he just got a restraining order and hadn't even been talking to her. It does not matter. It's not her. It's the enemy that's shooting the fiery darts at, at, at him. And it looks like her, sounds like her, but it's the enemy that is doing this, okay? We've got to know that. And you can go to Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18 and read about that and understand it, that we need to understand who the enemy is, okay? Now, we're not going to do a teaching on spiritual warfare tonight, but we need to understand Let's examine our heart and how are we doing and loving our spouse when they are not lovable. Does that uh, classify pretty much a lot, almost all of you now? So, okay, so you know where I'm at. But this is where we're going to say, okay, will you, can you, when you get on the phone and they're screaming at you, can you turn on God's unconditional love? When they're doing something and saying something or whatever, can you? through the power of the Holy Spirit, zip your lips and start praying and saying, Lord, give me the right words. Let me answer properly. Let me not scream back. Let me be able to answer as what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? That's what we've got to do. Quit worrying about what they're saying and what they're doing. Your Lord is your defender He's your deliverer, he's your healer, he's your counselor, he's your comforter. And if we didn't have him to help us through this, we all would be basket cases. Okay? But he is there, and he wants to be your spouse for the season. I am married to the Lord for the rest of my life. I can make it. I can do all things through Christ, but with my Lord as my husband— he is going to help me through any and all of these situations anything you know i just got to cry out to him so when i get stuck with a problem i cry out to him if i get in a situation where i hear a song and it just reminds me of bob i'll cry and say lord you got to heal my wounded heart and he's doing it so you know i give god all the praise because he is giving me the peace that's beyond understanding If he can give it to me, he can give it to you. I know that I know. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. The reason I divorced my husband... Is because I kept a record of wrongs. I kept all the things that he had done for all the years, and even though he asked for forgiveness, I had a um, a um, jump drive. I had a laundry list, boy. I'll tell you, but I had a computer that did never crashed. And I never deleted the trash thing, and I just kept it there so I could pull it back up and read it again just to keep my mind. No, I, I had it right in my mind in the front of my mind and just waiting for him to goof up again. Well, that's not walking in love. That's walking, just waiting, and not praying for your husband to be able to get through this, to break the addiction, to break the Satan's temptation That he can say no. You and I have got to understand we can do all things. We've not got to criticize our spouses, but we've got to love them unconditionally and pray for them. And I did not get a reprieve too long. I divorced my husband because the church told me to because I had the exception clause. And it was only two months later the Lord had me have a couple to be at my church and have two services where the Lord spoke to me so strongly that I knew that I was going to be praying for my husband for the rest of my life. And there was just no doubt about it. And I told Bob, I said, it doesn't matter how many people you marry. I'm going to be still here waiting forever. I had to be obedient to my Lord. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. We are always persevere. Love never fails. And then jump down to verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Well, I'm going to tell you, you need faith. You need to read Hebrews chapter 11, and you need to learn it, and you need to read it, you need to study it, and then you can go on. And if you have a a reference, chain reference Bible, where you can look up different scriptures, then take the reference, chain reference, and start looking up different scriptures. And start doing a study on faith. Go to Charlene Kears. We have a search where you can search and type in faith. Mountain faith. And then start reading the devotionals from the past. You can grow in the Lord. You don't have to stay in elementary school. You can go to junior high. You go to high school. And then you can go to, to college. But you need to grow in the Lord. And we need to come to the point that we know that love never fails. But it says in Psalm 103, verse 11 to 13, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You need to pray that your husband or wife will fear the Lord. We need to ha- have a holy, reverential fear of God that suddenly, if we were to drop dead, where are we going to go? Are we going to have to say, Lord, forgive me of this, 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 and this? Or are we going to be ready? I can tell you my husband was the most prepared and he would call our kids and he have a time with the kids and talk to them. He talked to them individually. He repented for things that, again, over, again, in detail about what he had done wrong and leaving them and abandoning them. You know, we have been blessed for three or four months of what the Lord has done in my husband's life. You need to pray that you are ready to be able to love your spouse unconditionally right now, regardless what they're doing. Well, I want them to repent. No, we've got to get ready. We have to repent. We have to live the Christ-like life, and we need to be radiating our Lord Jesus Christ. And as John said, he's going to let the Lord use him now. You do not have to wait your spouse come home to be used. My dear people, God has a call and a purpose, and he may want you to do something tomorrow or the next day. And don't wait. You know, he may use you as spokesman at your... I When I was standing, there was a girl named Kelly who had marriage problems. And she was coming in telling me all her marriage problems and everything. And I said to her, I know what you need to do. You guys are going to have a divorce if you guys don't get it together. And they were going to church, and they were just having problems. And so I started sharing all the scriptures that I learned, and I taught her, and I gave her all of this. Do you know what? Her marriage got restored. It got healed without them ever having to go through separation or divorce. Can you imagine how many people that you and I could share the truth and could give them, just pass them out, um, a Charlene cares, or do whatever you need to do to give them the material to say, there's hope in your hurting marriage. You don't have to go to separation. You don't have to go to court. You don't have to do all that. We we need to be praying for others. Now, L-O is others, is will you please look around and see who else needs help? Do not put blinders on. As Lori said, I want to go, every time I go out of the house, which I will tell you, I don't go out a whole lot. I've got enough work to keep me busy. But I don't want to go outside. I don't want to say, hi, everybody, you know, and they're all happy and everything. And when I go outside, I feel like I've abandoned, and I feel like, oh, I. I when I go outside, it goes in the real world, and I say, Hi, how are you doing? How's your day? And I want to say, I have a sign wearing, I just, my husband just died five weeks ago. That's how I'm doing, you know. But instead, I say, okay, Lord, use me that I can be a lighthouse for these people and that I can minister to somebody else and I can open the door and I can be happy and radiate the Lord. But yes, you're wearing a sign, I'm wearing a sign. But we can still walk through our trials and tribulations, and we can say, you may have a problem worse than that because I've got the pain, but guess what? I've got my Lord. Somebody else may have a sign, and they don't know the Lord at all. So we've got to be able to be sensitive to other people. Oh, for obedience. Do you know how many times the Lord wants us to obey him? You know, we need to know that we need to obey. Let me give you a couple of scriptures that I didn't give you with love, and I better go back before I go forward. But First Chronicles 16, verse 34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. In Psalm seventeen seven, says, "Show the wonder of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes." So the Lord is going to be your refuge, regardless of your enemy, regardless of the foe, regardless of what's going on. Lo- the Lord is going to hold you by your righteous right hand. I cannot tell you. I have felt the Lord's presence over and over again through all our trials and tribulations with Bob. Verse John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us, because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. We need to say, are we willing to love? Are we willing to take that risk of getting rejected, getting hurt, and loving someone else? Love your enemies. You know, it says, let me do Mark 12, 30 to 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There should be nobody that we cannot talk to, regardless of what our neighbors may be doing or wanting or whoever our neighbor is. You could walk down your street and you could even just pray for all the neighbors you don't even know that are Christians. Are you going to be a lighthouse? Are you going to be a soul winner by just praying for these people? Now, I'm asking you, would you be willing to do it Because guess what? If there's somebody else hearing this message, they could be praying for your wife or your husband in another neighborhood. We have got to come to the point that we start opening our eyes and start praying for people. Are you willing to even watch the news? I know I'm eccentric. I've been told that before by my my children. But you can pray for the people on TV. Pray for the child. There was a six-year-old child that got killed last week. Pray for the family. I can't imagine that. So pray for these people. You, you look, at, look at Egypt. Are you praying for Egypt? Why aren't we? Why are we putting our head in the sand and not praying for others? Are we, are we so self-centered, so selfish? We need to be praying for others. If we don't pray for others, how are we going to get our spouses prayed for? That's what I'm challenging, is wake up and start praying for others, because the Lord's going to have you praying for others. And he says, if she's going to pray for others, he's going to pray for others. I'm going to have somebody minister to that person, to their spouse. You reap what you sow. What are you sowing, People. Are you sowing seed in the ground to have it grow up to be a mighty harvest? Or are you not sowing anything but self-pity and envy and anger and jealousy and rage? What are we reaping? We're going to reap something worse than, than that because we're going to get very angry and bitter. And that's not going to have any spouse coming home with that. There are many, many men and women that have made mistakes in their marriage. Christian marriages, not Christian marriages, that have failed as being a husband and wife that we should have been. But they've repented, and then the other Christian person will not forgive them. You would not believe those numbers. We need to pray for all Christians to love each other, love your neighbor, How about, let's go to Ephesians, and I'm just going to say this, is in Ephesians chapter 5, women do not throw stones at me, but in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, I want to tell you, I have taught this scripture for 20-plus years, and I have since still tell you that the people still don't like that scripture. The women say, uh, I don't think that's what the Lord meant. Well, I do. I think that's exactly what he meant, and that's why it's written in here, and it says, so wives should submit to their husbands and everything, as unto the Lord. He put that there so he would say, you're not going to do it for for, uh, for him. You're going to do it as unto the Lord for him. I want to tell you that it was such a privilege and honor and a gift from God for me to be able to take care of my husband when he was sick and dying. There was no greater, I cannot tell you the dimension of love that I have felt when I was in the nighttime and when I did not want men and women at night time to be there for crisis care. Because I would, that meant I had to stay in my room and they would take care of Bob. And I wanted to be there when he was getting sick. I wanted to be there. And we got it only when we had to. But Bob, we had a door. I was, he was in his office. I had our bedroom door open and he just would yell or push the alarm or whatever. And I would jump up and I would get up. How many times a night? It didn't matter. I would do that a million times over to have him home. And we are, what are we willing to do for our spouses? How much have we just gotten brainwashed by the world's standards of what marriage is really? And I think we got to go back, and I know I'm older, but we need to go back and love our spouses like we our moms and dads did. We really need to do that we need to go back to the Bible, back to the basics. And, and I can tell you, I turn on TV, and I just look at the shows, I think, Lord have mercy, I don't want our grandkids to be watching this, let alone all the adults, because I think they're R-rated already, what they've got on there now. You don't even have to go to a movie, you got R-rated on the TV. So I just, um, I uh, record sermons, so I listen to a lot of sermons. But let's go back to the husbands now. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her to make the, uh, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blame, holy and blameless. I would tell my husband every time before he went to bed, you need to pray for me. Because I knew there was going to be a time he couldn't pray for me any longer. And I said, I want you to pray for me every night. You need to be praying for your husbands and wives. And if you are together, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you just say, blessing, say start praying with the, for the food. Then start saying, let me just pray for the kids. And then we start saying, can I just say a prayer for you just before you go to work or whatever way you want to do it. But we got to bring prayer back in our homes that it is said, you know what? Um, if you got a problem, or you know, I think of a page here where we were praying for C.J. to find a place or a, or a job or something. All of us have little needs for all of our kids, and um, our son is having to find a place to live. And I, he calls every night, and every night I pray. And he called last night at midnight. Hi, mom, are you awake? I said, Yes, I am. Still working. And he goes, well, um, I'm gonna hopefully I'm gonna find something this week, so I gotta really find something. And I said, okay. Now he didn't ask me to pray, but you know what? I said, stop. You know, he, we could talk about all the circumstances you want. I don't want to talk about the circumstances. Let's pray. If your kid has a problem with school with a subject, pray about it. Don't talk about it. Pray about it. We've got to get back to the basics of praying and showing the kids that you're gonna pray about a subject they're having trouble with, and then the, the Lord will answer your prayers. Then you can show them the basics. Oh, obey. You've got to, you know the rest of this. Love, in verse 33, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I challenge you, examine yourself and say, Lord, have I passed Or am I failing in this? Even if they're not home, you can pray. You can pray scriptures with their name in it. You can do anything. How much are you praying for them? Or are you angry and bitter and not praying for them? Well, get on your knees and say, Lord, help me to pray for them now. That is a necessity. You've got to pray for your loved ones, whether they're home or not. Number two... Let me go back to L's. I just remembered. L for lying. Your spouse is lying. They're deceived. They're blinded. And often when they start fooling around or if something is blinding them, Eve was tempted. She was told a lie. Your spouses that are Christians have been told a lie and they're believing it. We have got to pray that the Lord will show them his truth. The truth will set them free. We've got to believe that. So we've got to pray and look up scriptures for God's truth and pray for their name to be in it. You know, lying is its going to take you downwards. It says, I can call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, O Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you, and what more besides, O deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom. Psalm one twenty, verse one to four. He who, Proverbs ten eighteen. He who conceals has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. Proverbs twelve nineteen. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Proverbs twelve twenty two. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. You need to know the word. You need to zip your lips, and don't you tell a lie to get your spouse jealous or angry. We cannot fall in the trap of lying and giving... Oh, This is only a little lie. This is only a little white lie. Lying is lying. We need to stop. We also need to know that with L is lust and we need to bind against the spirit of lust coming against every man every woman it says in Matthew 5:28 but i tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart Romans 13:9 says the commandments do not commit adultery do not murder do not steal do not covet and whatever other commandments that there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Are you willing to love your neighbor, whoever it may be? We need to pray against the spirit of lust. We need to say loose on them the spirit of one flesh. That You know, we need to pray for them to obey the Lord. Now, as so many men and women have said, and Bob has said, obedience is imperative. And we know that God does speak to prodigals over and over and over again. So we need to pray that your husband or wife will be obedient to the Lord and and obey. In Genesis 29, verse 21, Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, my time is completed, and I want to lie with her. Let me go backwards just a little bit. Verse 16, so you can jump in where I've been reading all these chapters. Now Laban had two daughters, and the name of the older was Leah, and the younger was Rachel. But Rachel was lovely and form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob worked seven years to get Rachel but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is complete and I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when the evening came, he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant, the girl Zippah to his daughter as her maidservant. And when morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you, for, served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage because, before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will, will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant and daughter as his maidservant. Jacob then laid with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. That is love. Seven years for one woman. Then you find out the night you go into the bedroom that that's not her, And then you've got to work another seven years. He worked 14 years to get the one he really wanted. I'm telling you, that is love. Are you willing to stand for five years, seven years, 14 years, 24 years? Are you willing to stand till death do you part? That's what you probably said in your wedding vows. I take thee to, my hus- to be my husband, wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. There too I pledge thee my faith. Well, are you willing to go back to your wedding vows and say, Lord, I am going to stand forever. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fight. Hosea, and I don't have time to read it, but go into Hosea 2, 6, and 7. Hosea 3, 1. He was told by God, even though your wife is an adulteress, love her as I love the Israelites. He kept telling us over and over, obey, believe me. And God kept telling us over and over. In John, in 1 John, obedience is so very important. Now, are you willing to do that? Okay, let's go on to, because we got, don't go through the tough love. Tough love is not unconditional love. Tough love is saying, I want my way, and if you don't do it my way, then you're out. And that's what I did. I, I lived the tough love. But what we need to do is say, okay, L-O for obedience and others. Now, V, and what do you think that is? Victory. There is victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me start with verse 54. When the perishable had been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to know. But I love verse 58 to the end. So tonight we're going to read that also. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. That, is, that, that whole scripture there is for you guys. He gives us our victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through us. It's not through any book. It is going to be through the Lord doing it, moving the mountains of circumstances. Well, V is for victory. And E is, Lord, open my spouse's eyes. Open my spouse's ears. Open them that they will see and hear your voice. They, they will see and know your will, your way. That they will obey. They'll run. First Samuel says, verse Chapter 2, verse 16. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your great eyes. Remember Elijah in Second Kings, chapter 6. Read that chapter. Verse 17. Elijah had a whole army coming around him. And his servant thought they were going to get killed. And Elijah prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes. So he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah, protecting them from the enemy. Do you know that there is a wall of fire, a hedge of thorn bushes, the blood of Jesus over you, protecting you each and every day? If you, do you put on the armor of God every day? I do. I put it on my kids, my grandkids, every day. Because what if they don't? So I do. Job 34, verse 21 says, His eyes are on the ways of men. He sees their every step. Do not want revenge. Do not want to get even. Do not have all that anger and bitterness. But pray that your spouse will have their eyes and ears open to hear and to see the message that what God is trying to tell them. How many times do you get a message from God that the Lord tells you something over and over and over again? Now, we may be just as hard-hearted or hard-headed that we don't get the message. But ask the Lord to open our eyes and our ears to see and know what we must do. You know, quit pointing the fingers at everybody else. We need to know. That in Matthew chapter six, twenty-two to 23, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Matthew 7 verse 3 to 5, I've got to read it to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, or your spouse's eye, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Have you taken the plank out of your eye? I think you probably have if you're here, but you got to take it out. you got to pray for endurance. E for endurance. I'm not going to read the scriptures tonight because I've run out of time. E for enemy. If the enemy is coming against you, there is victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Psalm 108 says, give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down the enemies. Psalm 108, verse 12 and 13. Well, I'm going to close, and I'm going to close with John 3, 16 and 17, because E stands for eternal, eternity. You are standing in the gap for your husband, your children, and for your grandchildren, and for generations to come, that if you don't do your assignment that God has called you to do, that you do not know what is going to make an, a, an eternal des- decision on your family, of people that will walk away from God. Your husband and wife may never come back to the Lord, but if you stand in the gap, I know the Lord will bring him back. I don't know when, but I know it's worth waiting. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We need to understand the Lord isn't out to condemn and crucify your spouse in all the ways they've done wrong. He is out to save them and to bring them back home. Do not get angry. Do not want to take revenge. Please read Romans 12 to the end because it says, bless those who persecute you. So I pray you will take that love and when the rest of the week and next week when you start to hear love for the whole month of February, you're going to say L for love, lying, lust. We're going to pray against those things. Then you're going to go for O, for others. I need to pray for others. I need to obey the Lord and pray for my spouse to obey the Lord. Then you're going to go V, there's victory in Jesus Christ. And then you're going to go for E, I'm going to have endurance. I'm going to pray for my eyes to be open, their eyes and ears to be open. You know, remember Acts 26, 18, and I'll pray this tonight, but just write down Acts 26, 18, and I'll pray it later. Open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Lord Jesus, we ask that you will open every one of these spouses' eyes and ears that are here tonight, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that no weapon formed against them will prosper, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, touch that anger, that bitterness, that jealousy, that envy, That judging, lest we judge. Lord, let us not just look at that person with such condemnation. But may we have compassion and start praying for them and loving them unconditionally. Reignite our love. Rekindle the love that is left and help it to be all that it should be. So when they come home or pick up the phone or have an emergency and they need you to do something, you're going to say, I'd love to. Let me come right away. Lord, pray that they will have instances that they can go show their love to these people over and over again. Lord, help us radiate the love to so many others, and we'll just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name, amen.
0: If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website. Again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.